0: Okay, now I'm going to take 10 minutes, and I hope that's okay, and I will really, Mark, try and stay on 10 minutes. I'm going to stay on the script, and uh, I want to share with you what I think God has been talking to me about, not just this last week, but over a a week or two, really. Um, we're We're actually coming towards the end now of our series where we've been thinking about hearing and responding to what God says, and we've looked at characters through that, and we started with Jonah the groaner, the person who just didn't get it, as Graham kept telling us. Jonah heard God, but he didn't get it. He couldn't put the pieces together. He couldn't comprehend how God could be a God of justice and be the judge, and how God could be a God of love and mercy. He couldn't put the pieces together. In a way, it took Jesus to show us what that means. Um, But this is kind of an interlude, really, in that series, but staying on that same thought about hearing what God says and responding to it. And the question that I'm going to talk about is, okay, so what is it all about? What is it that God wants us to hear and understand and respond to? And I'm going to start by reading you one of the stories that Jesus told. Jesus used stories to help people understand the message of the kingdom. And this is just one of them, which is the parable of the lost son. This is in Luke 15. Jesus goes on because he's been telling stories. It says, Jesus continued. He's just told the story of the lost sheep. He's just told the story of the lost coin. And he comes on to the story of the lost son. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his own stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up, and we went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost And he's found. And so they began to celebrate. Graham said something a few weeks ago that stopped not stopped me in my tracks, but it made me think, it made me think, I've never thought about it, this thing, quite that way before. And I'll tell you what that was in a moment, just remind you of it. But in the context of the story here, this young man who deserted his father and his family and went off to live a a life of high living, he was conceived in love. He was conceived out of his father's love. And he grew up in his father's love. And he made a choice to leave that position of love and go away and live life his own way. The thing that struck me about that story this time, there's, there's a sadness, isn't there, when you hear stories of families that are broken, where a father says to the son, you are no longer my son. Go away from here. You no longer belong to this family. The father in this story never said that to the son. The son made the choice to leave. The father's love was constant. It didn't change. When the son was in the distant country, he was still loved by his father. At no point in that story did he say, I am no longer my father's son. Think about the words he said. I'll read them again. They came twice. He said... I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And that is our position if we don't know Jesus. We have that sense that we are no longer worthy. We're not worthy to be called God's son. And there's a truth in that because sin separates and breaks the relationship that we have with God the Father. When the Bible says we are dead in our sin, it means just that. That is a separation. We can't have relationship with the Father while that problem is in the way. And we know that it's only Jesus that can reconcile us to our Father God. When Graham was telling us the story, talking to us the story about Mary, the mother of Jesus, he said something, and I went back to him this week and said, Graham, did I hear you right? Is that what you said? And he said, yes, this is what I said. He said that as, well, he said Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And he said, we are conceived by the Holy Spirit. I am conceived by the Holy Spirit. You are conceived by the Holy Spirit. In my understanding of that, and forgive me if I'm wrong, my theology and my doctrine may not be my strong point, but what I understand of this from my father is that when I was conceived, God had a part in that. When I was conceived as a human being, God had a part in that. That's what makes me human. That's what makes me special. The Bible says, before I was born, before I was conceived in my mother's womb, God knew me. Yeah, So I was conceived. God put a spirit in me that makes me human. But that spirit is disconnected from God because of sin. It's separated. And I'm born when I'm reconciled with God through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So I'm conceived. There's a spirit within me But when I come to Jesus, God puts his Holy Spirit in me, and there's a union, there's a reconciliation, and that reconciliation brings me into relationship with my Father. That's what I want to say. I'm going to say a little bit more about it, bear with me. But it brings us into, brings me into, relationship with my Father. Now, I can still make a choice even after that. I can still choose to live in that far-off country. God gives me the right to choose how I develop the relationship with him. I can choose still not to enter fully into the Father's love in the way that is his heart's desire. And I can still choose to say, I am not worthy to be called your son. How many of us say that to God how many of us feel that even though we're saved even we know that we know the Father loves us we say I am not worthy to be called your son somebody said that to me a few days ago and it made me hurt inside here and I said you are worthy to be called God's son not out of your own worth but because Jesus has made you worthy And so as the son came back to the father, and the father said, put the robe on him and put the ring on his finger, to me, that robe is the robe of righteousness that Jesus gives me, so I can be in that relationship of love with my father. And the ring is the ring of authority that Jesus gives me to speak for him and to do things for him. So what is it all about? That's the real question I want to ask. What is it all about? We sing a song quite often, it's all about Jesus. We say, it's all about Jesus. And there's truth in that. It is all about Jesus. Without Jesus' love, his sacrifice, his resurrection, there would be no relationship. In the context of the song, it says, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. And that's true also. But if we just stay with that, we miss the best part of the story, actually. And I want to ask you to think for a moment. We sing, It's All About Jesus. If we were talking with Jesus now, and we said to Jesus, What's it all about? Is it all about you, Jesus? What would he say to us? I think what Jesus would say is, actually, no, it's not all about me. It's all about my Father's love. That's what it's all about. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, was about bringing us into relationship with our Father God. And when we say it's all about Jesus, it's possible for us to miss that place, that heart's desire of our Father God. Maybe just hear this. People talk about having or knowing God who are not Christians. Who am I to say that they don't? Any of us can read about God in the Bible. Any of any of us can hear what people say about God. Any of us can see the hand of God in the world that's around us. Any of us can do our best to please God by the things we do. Any of us can worship God. But without Jesus, we can't know God, our Father. We can't know Him. Intimately in that father-son relationship, that deep personal relationship that he wants us to be in. That is what he wants most of all. So just as in the story, what did the father long for? He longed for his son to come back. He wasn't so interested in the story that his father had. He wasn't so interested in the words that his son had to say. He just wanted to embrace him and love him. We've had that phrase, unconditional. Mark used it. God loves us unconditionally. What he wants from us is unconditional love. He wants that depth of relationship. And that's what he offers. And we need to keep coming back to him. So when there's an opportunity for us to pray together at the end of this service, I'd like you to think about that and say, do I really live... In the fullness of the love of my Father. And if you're not sure about that, I'd like you to pray with somebody about that. I'd like to ask you to ask somebody to pray with you. We can't do that for you. I can't do that for you. The only way to come to that place is through Jesus. But together, we come to Jesus, and we say, "Bring us into that place of full knowledge of the love." Of my father. Um, Mike opened the service this morning with a reading from, Isaiah, uh, from Psalm 50, and I nearly used that in, when I was preparing the talk. But just in that psalm, there are these words. Um, Sacrifice an offering you did not desire, but my ears you pierced. That's a sign of belonging. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. And then I said, here I am, I have come. I desire to do your will, O my Lord. Your law is within my heart. And that's what the Father says to us. Come into my presence and dwell in my love.